0: Hey guys, welcome to the Creative Business Forum. This is Bryant Walker. Today I've got Blake Berman, CEO and co-founder with Spade Soda. Uh, It's a premium healthy soda brand. He's a startup based in San Diego. Uh, We've been connecting through the Founders Institute and I'm super excited to have him on the program and talk a little bit about Spade, their evolution, where they've been, where they are right now, and most excitedly where they're headed. Blake, thanks for hopping on.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I'm pumped to be here.
0: Sweet. Me too. I'm pumped all the time. (laughs) Um, So let's just dive in. I've got, uh, like, I have some background, but I'd like to just, for the listeners and anyone listening or watching, can you share a bit about Spade? What's your guys' unique value proposition and why why
1: Spade? Yeah, so essentially, Spade is a premium healthy soda with all natural ingredients, hydrating electrolytes, and sweetened with stevia. Our product is flavor-forward. It's really meant to taste just like the traditional soda brands you know and love. Plus, we also have some unique flavor options that are meant to cater that modern taste profile that consumers are really earning for these days. And we are actually launching with six delicious flavors to start. It'll be our cola, yuzu lime, Dr. Spade, which is like a Dr. Pepper, uh, blueberry acai, guava, and a strawberry kiwi. And yeah, I mean, I can get into why we got into the healthy soda industry if you'd like.
0: Yeah, I was that's my next question. So why as a startup founder, why are you in the healthy soda space? It seems like a it could be a crowded space. And and I imagine you guys have kind of done your own industry research there.
1: Yeah, it's definitely crazy to be approaching this space. We're going against some industry titans here. You know, we're going toe-to-toe against the biggest players, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and some smaller fiery brands that are launching, like um Olipop and Poppy. But, you know, me and my uh two other co-founders, we grew up drinking copious amounts of soda, as, as did most kids in the 90s. <laughs> um, but yeah. as we grew up, we adopted healthy lifestyles, You know, meal prepping, counting macros, and working out almost every day. And especially my co-founder, Jake, he's now a top 25 CrossFit athlete in the US, actually. So essentially, when we um, adopted these healthy lifestyles, we had to rid soda from our diets. And when we tried to find healthy alternatives We really only found diet sodas that contained harmful aspartame or sparkling waters that couldn't really deliver on flavor quite like soda did. So one day we thought to each other, why can't our beloved sodas be as delicious and healthy as sparkling waters? So thus, Spade was born. Two years down the line, here we are, and we're ready to launch our brand around mid-April.
0: That's cool. So this journey has been two years in the making. I want to just deviate a little bit from some of the stuff we talked about, but um, cause you've gone through sort of this brand evolution over the last couple of years, both in terms of finding your niche, finding the formulas and value propositions, even a name change. I'm curious just to dive in, like what got you guys to go from one brand to another along your journey?
1: Yeah. So, uh, our very first brand was Mixer, M-I-X-R beverages. That brand was really our test product that we really wanted to test the formula, And uh, this healthy soda idea out in the market to see how it would play. We spent 18 months really testing our original idea in the market, and we would take immediate feedback from consumers and iterate on that product. And after a bunch of trial and error, we essentially landed on what we believe to be a market ready formula. Uh, We also received feedback on our branding and can design, and um, we realized that there was a large healthy soda market out there. So we needed to make sure that our name and our branding really communicated well with that crowd so we rebranded from mixer to uh spade which is uh, a premium healthy soda
0: that's cool I mean just from a, a brand and a marketing and an advertising standpoint you've already built up a strong foundation and some sort of market following to test that I mean I've seen the instagram for for mixer and, and it's exciting to see that evolution and I'm excited to get you guys to market and see and see how that how the market reacts I mean you've already got good test cases and use cases there and and a relatively strong following having not actually launched yet, which is pretty cool too. So we've already talked a little bit about the development. Do you want to go a little bit further into sort of the progress of where you're at with Spade's development and your sort of pre-market launch?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, in terms of our brand's progress, our branding and can design progress, we are working with a, a leading CPG package design agency based out of LA. They're called The Colony. They essentially specialize in creating these package designs for brands, and they've built brands like Spindrift, Truff, St. Archer, just to name a few. And um, we should be wrapping up that branding process around the end of this month. And then for our formulation, we are also working with a leading flavor house based out of Orange County, which is uh, Sovereign Flavors, and they specialize Mm -hmm. in creating um, formulations for a wide array of different beverages from beer to hard seltzers to sodas, et cetera. they bring in all these different ingredients. They have chemists on their staff who know what tastes good together. And we basically feed them our requirements that it needs to be a simple, healthy, great tasting soda. and mm-hmm. has to have these six flavors and they send us samples and it's an iterative process. They'll keep sending us um, bottles of our sample product and we'll taste test it ourselves. We'll taste test it with potential uh, customers as well as family and friends. And we're really close to wrapping that up as well. That'll also be wrapping up around the end of this month.
0: That's pretty cool. It's an exciting process and and I'm sure tedious as well. I mean, you get to a point when you're testing these different formulations and you go, God, this tastes exactly the same, but there's something there that maybe you don't catch, but a family member or a friend catches. Like, is that kind of where you're at right now? Is just, okay, is it one, two, three, or four? These, These two taste identical.
1: Yeah, definitely to each individual person's um, taste palette. So Mm -hmm. for example, myself, uh, I can't really taste the difference between two different types of sweeteners, which we were playing around with uh, either stevia or erythritol or a mix of the two. And when I would try our product with equal sweetness levels across those sweeteners, I -hmm. couldn't really taste the difference between them because I just, I don't have that taste palette or I guess the, the taste buds there to really taste the difference. Whereas uh, my co-founder, Tim, he has a, an ability to really taste stevia uh, more so than erythritol, So he can point out and say, oh, this is the sample that has stevia in it versus Got this it. is the sample with erythritol. So that's why we want to make sure we get a lot of feedback from, from many different people to make sure that it's a very well-rounded product in terms of it'll cater to a lot of people's taste palates, not just one individual person's.
0: That's interesting. I was gonna just pivot, but along the same lines, you mentioned stevia a lot, and that's like a it's a name brand sweetener that most people listening are aware of as a you know a sugar alternative. It being a name brand, does that cause other issues for you in terms of which sweetener you use from a budgeting standpoint? I assume it's more of a premium sweetener than some of the other brands
1: you mentioned. It is um, a premium uh, sweetener for sure, but they have a range of levels of premium for this type of ingredient. You can go for the commodity range, which is actually uh, fairly inexpensive, or we can go for the ultra premium stevia. And the difference between the two is that the ultra premium, they refine the stevia to the point where there's no bitter aftertaste, which is a, a negative connotation to stevia in a lot of products. People tend to say, oh, it tastes a little bit bitter. It doesn't taste as sweet as normal sugar. Mm-hmm. But if you go with that ultra premium route, that should, in theory, wipe out that that bitterness. So that's the the direction that we went in. Being that we are a premium healthy soda, we want to make sure that all of our ingredients are ultra premium, ultra refined. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are working with a supplier out of um, from Rancho Santa Margarita, uh, Sweden, mm-hmm. They um, are a provider for their stevia. Got it. Well, cool.
0: That's all super fascinating. And it's it's very geeky in, in a sense, you know, and we're thinking test tubes and beakers and formulations and, you know, different types of sweetener. But, you know, most people don't, I think most people don't realize what they're consuming. And there's all this message and messaging and rhetoric around that, uh, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of of would-be and existing brands that are trying to educate consumers. And I, I have found the ones that spend more time on education of why these ingredients and not these other ones are the ones that come out on top and ultimately become those industry leaders and those thought leaders. And so I know you guys have put a lot of thought into that. And it's it'll be cool to see some of that stuff come into light. So speaking on brand messaging um, and brand insights, why, why did you make the branding a top you guys very clearly made branding a top priority early on? And I've seen that just through FI, Founders Institute, for the for those listening along. And then you've spent a lot of time also being critical of yourselves with, okay, is this the right look and feel for us? Is this even the right name for us? And we talked earlier about the name change itself. You know, Why did you make that such a top priority? And in some cases, maybe even higher priority than the formulations early on. Why is that so relevant and uh,
1: such a big point for you guys to hit nail? Well, in today's insanely competitive market, having a strong brand really helps. Essentially, in today's ultra competitive market, Having a strong brand has, brand has become essential to attracting and retaining customers. That's why we've gone all in on branding, essentially focusing on our can design. After all, it's the first thing people see. We want to make sure that it tracks their eye. We also want to make sure that it communicates our brand's core value proposition, which is to be a delicious premium healthy soda. Plus, having a strong brand really helps us retain our diehard loyal fans. And those are the ones who are going to be spreading word of mouth to their friends, to everyone that they know that we exist, and they're going to be telling them to try our product, And thus, they'll be uh, driving up our sales. This is all why we made branding our top priority. And we made sure to create a differentiated yet timeless brand that will really drive sales for years to come.
0: We were talking about this, I think, before we hit record of just other other brands in the space, not in the healthy soda by any stretch, but looking at Monster Energy Drinks as an example. And there are, again, hundreds, if not thousands of global energy drink brands. There's a new energy drink company every five minutes, it seems like. Another influencer just launched one yesterday that I saw. It's like, oh, good. We need more energy drinks. Perfect. But that Monster Energy M, I feel like it could be Sort of um irrespective of their of their of their formulations and their flavors, that M sort of transcends and in part because it's been around for a while. But I'd put the M in the same category as the Coca-Cola font. You know, it it exists on its own. You know what it is just by looking at it. And that's why I again I applaud you on spending so much time on the look and the feel of the brand. I mean, I would say it's equally as important as your formulation. I don't want to water down the importance of a good, strong formulation and product, but it's just as important. Otherwise, like, why are you doing this? You're not doing this and creating this brand just so that five people know about it. You want it to be something you see on the shelf in the mix of all the other brands on the shelf and go, Oh, Spade. Yeah, I got that. I love the the new look and feel. We'll be sure to throw it up uh, on the post when we we promote this particular podcast, but um, it's got a very clean look and feel. uh, When you see it, you'll know it and it'll stick in your brain. Um, It's cool to see that
1: evolution. The name in of itself is very bold and simple and very easy to say, which really makes it uh, more memorable. So people can recall the brand and remember the brand the second time they see it in the store so that hopefully by that second or third time, they'll actually reach for it. And that's what the most important thing of strong branding is to attract new customers. And then on the formula side of things, if you have a great formula, a winning formula, that'll keep those customers coming yeah. back. Awesome. Awesome. So, let's talk about the formula.
0: You guys are t- you, t- you spent a little bit of time talking about the formula, you guys. It sounds like are rounding third base on the formulations and finalizing that, getting some feedback from some groups. For you, how are you sort of achieving that winning formula or or what then becomes the winning formula? What are those factors?
1: Yeah, I mean, creating a winning formula was no easy task as I mentioned. You know, we went through like an 18-month market test, but before we went into that, we laid out a series of deliberate steps. Our first step was to set clear goals for the product, which was we essentially wanted to create a soda that tasted just like traditional brands, but without any harmful ingredients. We also emphasized the importance of simplicity, recognizing that consumers really appreciate straightforward products. Those were our goals. In order to achieve those goals, we began experimenting in the kitchen, actually, like our our own physical kitchen with a soda stream, ordering ingredients off of Amazon and looking at similar competitors in the space, what, what ingredients we want to take from those beverages and um, bring them together. But we knew to really perfect our formula, we needed some professional help. Uh, so that's where Sovereign Flavors came in, the flavor house that I mentioned earlier in this podcast. Uh, with their expertise, we, we were able to refine our recipe even further. Of course, the true test of any product is how it fares in the market. So we conducted an extensive 18-month market test, which essentially served as an extended focus group campaign. We listened closely to immediate feedback we received from customers and used it to iterate our product multiple times over across the 18 months. Through much trial and error, we uh, arrived at a market-ready formula, which we feel confident in now.
0: So that's been super interesting and honestly enlightening because I feel like I know a good amount about that process. We've worked with a lot of beverage brands and you know food and beverage brands over the years but it's been a long time since i've had just a down-to-earth conversation about the origin of a formulation and i love the story of from kitchen experimentation to laboratory testing and 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 where you guys are right now which is again seems to be rounding third base on where you guys are at and finding that winning formula you got the winning brand sounds like all these ingredients in more ways than one are in place so what's next for spade soda
1: Yeah, so our our next steps are very exciting as we prepare to launch around mid-April, but we'll be planning to sell nationwide direct-to-consumer. We really want to make sure that anyone who becomes aware of our brand has a means to purchase it. And to really foster that brand awareness and brand credibility, we'll be focusing really heavy on on on-premise accounts, which are like restaurants, bars, events, any place where where you're purchasing that product to be consumed on that premise. And this will uh, really help spark consumers' first-time trial and will enable us to become associated with those cool venues that we're actually attending. In addition to selling in those on-premise accounts, we'll also be selling in retail stores, uh, mainly natural grocers initially, before expanding into larger chains like Ralph's and Vaughn's and so on. Sure. expansion plan will be region by region, starting in San Diego before gradually extending across other areas of the country. And we're really committed to ensuring that our product is accessible to as many people as possible. And we believe that our sales approach will enable us to achieve that goal effectively.
0: Awesome. That's exciting to see. So let's say a year from now, you're going to be seeing Spade Sodas in Whole Foods and some other natural grocery stores. You're going to see it in bars and restaurants. Ask for it by name, Spade Soda. Let's get the brand out there get the name out there and start drinking some healthy sodas. Enjoy it. Let's do it. Awesome. Well, Blake, thanks so much for being on the Creative Business Forum. I'm excited to have you on again in a few months and see where you guys are at and uh, help keep people along the ride for the journey.
1: Very excited to keep you guys updated. Awesome.
0: Cool. Well, we'll talk soon. Thank you guys for listening to the Creative Business Forum. We'll see you again next time.